Welcome back to another episode of the College Football Overdrive Podcast. My name is Fred Perdue. I am one of your hosts. I am joined by my esteemed colleague in the searcher of all things Tar Heels. What's a Tar Heel? Rick, what's up, man? Man, I'm still trying to find out. I mean, my my Twitter fans are just, I, I, I thought we were boys. I thought we were family. And, and, and this is how y'all treat me. I mean, y'all ain't right. Y'all ain't even right. Because um, y'all y'all suck just like the Tar Heels. But that's another story. Yeah. I, tar Heels. Tar Heels. The, the, um, they broke my heart and still made me right. But we'll get into it. Um, we are, we, we are wrapping up week six. It seems like we, Week six is already done and over. Once football season gets here, it seems like it flies by. Um, but we, we we're wrapping up week six, and we got some we got a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about. So before we get into it, got a promo to show. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at CFB Overdrive. You can find myself on Twitter at Fred Purdue CFB. Rick, where can they find you so they can finally tell you what a Tar Heel is, especially after beating my team? Like, like we didn't know that. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Rick Brown ninety one. <clears throat> at Rick Brown ninety one. Good stuff. Good stuff. So we have just to just to kind of go throughout the the throughout the the timeline of yesterday. Uh, we had. Uh, we had we can kind of start it off with my guys, I guess, and the other people up uh, at the at the top of the state. Uh, the Knowles the and Canes. Knowles and Canes. Canes played the North Carolina Tar Heels at 4 o'clock yesterday. I thought I was going to – the beginning, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Uh, I had to sit through 15 innings. I, I hate – I'm not a big baseball fan after this. I actually, I actually tweeted at the the Rays and the and the Guardians. I said, "Look, can can somebody just just want to win, just one run?" Because I had to sit through 15 innings of somebody not wanting to win a game. You know, Herm Edwards used to say, "You know, you play to win the game." They were not playing to win the game. I I thought I was watching Broncos Colts all over again. <laughs> that that's how bad it was. Nobody wanted to win. So. <laughs> They dropped us into the second in the second quarter, uh, 14-7. Um, Canes were down, ugly. Uh, looked like Drake May was going to throw for five touchdowns. Just wasn't pretty. And Canes actually fought back. I saw a little bit of offense that I saw from last year with um, Rhett Lashley, now the SMU head coach, throwing the ball down the field, getting receivers open, screens, up-tempo, I saw a lot of things I liked, saw a lot of things I didn't like, such as fumbles, interceptions, uh, guys running wrong routes, penalties, things like that. Ultimately, North Carolina won the game 27-24. Canes fought back. Uh, if there was anything of a moral victory, they fought back on offense. Defense couldn't stop the run again. Uh, Canes are on a four-game losing streak to the North Carolina Tar Heels, dating back to when Mac Brown first arrived at North Carolina. I picked the, the Tar Heels to win this game, and I'm, I, I'm so I wasn't surprised. But I do, after being emotional, you know how when it's your team, you're a little bit more emotional. 
Um, after going back and watching the tape again, I saw some things I, I, I think this team can build on. Um, Tyler Van Dyke looked pretty good, but there was no semblance of a running game. So offensive line didn't look great, but defensive line looked pretty good. So Canes, build on it. Get better. Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah, but it sure was burned down in a day. Uh, the, the thing is, when you get when you have a new head coach coming in, and no matter who it is, for the most for the most part, they're coming into a crappy situation. I mean, they're they're all not coming in in a John Gruden type situation uh, where you already have the pieces there to win immediately. So this is this this this. It's progress. You have to, you have to take steps. Or, or what the kids used to say, uh, uh, Kendrick Lamar. There's levels to this. Yes, yes, <laughs> and, and, and it is. So, I'm glad you saw some progress. I'm glad you're not ready to get rid of him, like a lot of these cancel coaches. Uh, it seems like we're in a cancel coach society right now. So, I'm glad you are at least pleased at some of the progress that you've made. And um, we'll see, but it's not an overnight fix. Definitely not an overnight fix. Um, needs to get a couple recruiting classes in, and I think things will get a little bit better. Injury, The injury bug bit the Canes also, so uh, on the offensive line, that never helps either. Drake May, got to talk about it. Um, they only scored – I mean, he only produced six points in the second half. But he made throws when they mattered. Uh, he made a play. He made a Pat Mahomes-like play in the first half to score a touchdown. You know how Pat Mahomes likes to run around, do pirouettes. Got out of trouble and just flicked the. I, I mean, I still don't know how he made this. And Josh Downs caught the football and and just walked in. I mean, you you know controlled. It's like controlled chaos. Drake May is going to be pretty good. I mean, he's six five. He's like two twenty. Uh, he has a pretty good arm. North Carolina has them a quarterback. Might have a Heisman-level quarterback, too. We'll see. Good. <clears throat> I mean, you could tell from the first game that they played against my Rattlers that they had – that the, the kid had skills and that all – you you wondered, though, was this just against uh, – uh, 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 the FCS program, or could he carry this over against the big boys? I think he's shown that he's going to be something to reckon with down the, down the line. Yeah, definitely looks like he's going to be a he's gonna, he's going to be a problem. And um, even without his star receiver Josh Downs, uh, he he looked pretty good throughout the beginning of the season, and now he really looks good because he has his number one guy back. They can run the football as well. Um, Offensive line looks pretty good. Gene Chizik, for once in life, decided to blitz somebody, and he gave North Miami problems. So, uh, you know how I feel about Gene Chizik. He can't. He couldn't stop water from running in, uh, out of a, a, a sliced water hose. So, um, yeah, yeah. He 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 made he made plays. He made the right calls when they mattered. Uh, on to the guys up north, uh, those Florida State Seminoles, facing off against the NC State Wolfpack. Again, pick the Wolfpack to win this one. Um, I just, I, I don't believe in what I see when it comes to, um, Jordan Travis and company, uh, the defense is fast and physical, but the offense gets just so stagnant. Uh, 
if you take um if you take Wilson the receiver the six seven receiver out of the play if you take him away it's it's like they don't have anything um Jordan Travis run, run he likes to run around he likes to be the scrambling dual threat quarterback NC State was just so sound on defense um they're not the biggest they're not the fastest they're not the most athletic but they are they they follow their assignment and usually when you play assignment football against a really good team um you have a good chance they ran the football well Devin Leary went down uh in this game I thought that was going to be the nail in the coffin but not so fast um Jordan Travis at the end had an Florida State blew the game to be honest they drove down the field I don't know what Mike Norville was thinking running slot fade from the opposite right hash to the front pylon on the left side on the on the left side of the field I mean, the DB ran the play, ran the route better than the receiver did. Um, kick the field goal. You're up. You're down. You're down set 19-17. Kick the field goal. Win the game. Typical Florida State. Yeah, very interesting um, play. And looking at that play, couldn't tell if Jordan was thinking that he was going to the front of the pylon. Because that's where he threw the ball, basically to the front pylon. And when he got bumped, when the receiver got bumped a little bit, it kind of threw him off, and he didn't fight to get to that spot. But you're right. The play call, you didn't have to make that play call. You were in field goal range. Kick the three, get the dub, get the hell out of Raleigh. But no, that's not what you want to do. And, and I picked NC State, so um, not that I was upset that that uh, this is what FSU does, but this is what FSU does. So <clears throat> one thing I think we can say is that this program, while not back when they were running the ACC and those 14 straight years and the finishing in the AP top five. I think you're starting to see a little bit, just like your hurricanes, a little bit more progress. They're getting better. They're not, um, they're, they're not going to just get smacked around. They're, they're going to compete a little bit. So, um, yeah, but they lost. So we move on. Definitely. Let's move on. No more of this Florida State stuff. You know, I can't stay. It makes me want to puke. Hey, at least one team in Tallahassee won. So, yeah. I, you know. Yeah. 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 Good. Um, Shout out to the Rattlers going up to Orangeburg, South Carolina, and beating SC State, uh, or as they called it after we left, the Orange and Greenberg. Mm, shots fired. Shots fired. Great dub over there. Um, Let's move to the SEC. Um, we have the Georgia Bulldogs looking like they're back to, into championship form, facing off against the Auburn Tigers, where, you know, that team that thinks they're Alabama, but they're really just still Auburn, good old Auburn. Um, Stetson Bennett took off for 65 yards, and he ran he ran away from people. And that was the highlight for me in this game. I mean, I know I knew the kid has wheels, and I keep saying – I keep saying – I'm waiting on him to 
turn back into the game manager, turn back into, you know, Cinderella, Cinderella, poor Cinderella. But the Cinderella story looks it just keeps getting better and better. I think he found the glass slipper because the kid is, I mean, he, he keeps making plays and he keeps really leading this team. Um, I think we were talking yesterday and I said, you know, um, I said, you know, winning a championship really changes the perspective of a player and it's like the light goes on. And yeah, it looks like the light went on. This dude's he's a leader of men now. Uh he's helped take over an offense that was pedestrian, boring, uh, uncreative, and just eh, hand it off and just get out of the way to now. He's taking off for 65 yard runs. Like he's, I mean, I'm still shocked because the last time I saw a guy do something like that, where he like he's accelerating and he's running away from people was Cam Newton against Pat Peterson back in 2011 when Pat Peterson won. Oh, I'm sorry, when Cam Newton won the Heisman. Now, is Stetson Bennett going to win the Heisman? I'm not going to go that far. But that run goes on the highlight tape at the end of the year when we talk about top plays of the year, definitely. It showed a different dimension. You, you knew he had some wheels, but you didn't know – he had some wheel wheels. Right, right, <laughs> right. Uh, Shout out to Georgia in general, just taking it back to the old school in this in, in, in this era when everybody wants to pass, 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 wants to be a shotgun and pass on fourth and in, and they want to throw a fade or <laughs> give it up to. Georgia for rushing for 292 yards yesterday and six, one, two, three, four, five, six rushing touchdowns, <clears throat> including Stetson's 84, 85 yard burst or whatever it was, uh, 64, 64, 65 yards. Hey, by the time this is over, it's going to be a 103 yard run and no one will know the difference. You're just going to keep keep raising it up, but um, solid win by by the dogs. Solid win. Very solid win. Um, this team, Georgia, Georgia doesn't, they don't seem like they're, sh- they didn't let a Missouri team that they struggled with last week beat them twice. And usually they, when you see a championship team that's not used to winning, you know, they, they have that that struggle hangover from the, from the week before, but it seems like they are still in championship form. Um, Speaking of championship form and a champion, a former champion, we had the Alabama Crimson Tide facing off against the Texas A&M Aggies and without their Heisman trophy winner uh, in Bryce Young. And man, it, I was just so surprised how Alabama looked offensively. I mean, I haven't seen an Alabama team look this, I don't want to say pedestrian, but they look so inconsistent offensively. They don't seem to, they have an identity. I know we both know what that identity is. You know what coach Saban wants to do, but they won't, they won't continue to do it consistently and hand the ball to four. I'm sorry, hand the ball to two. Just keep handing – or, no, I'm sorry, Jameer Gibbs is number one. Uh, Hand the ball to number one. Please? Please? Just 
Just hand the ball off. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, no yeah. Matter. Just hand, hand the football off. It doesn't matter who you hand it to. Hand it to somebody. Jalen Miro is going to be a good one down the road. You can see the explosion. I mean, it's not a bad – he didn't have a terrible game. He went 12 for 19 for 111 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Most, most What more can you ask from a, from a backup quarterback? But Jameer Gibbs is a little bit different. And I've heard – the my comparison for him when I saw him coming out of high school was Dalvin Cook light. I've heard Alvin Kamara, former Alabama Crimson Tide running back and Tennessee ball running back with the Saints – his burst and his jump cut. I mean, it's like it's just smooth and it's lightning quick. Coach, don't try to reinvent the wheel because now you're you like throwing the football around. Run the ball down people's throat. Play bully ball. Go win a go get another Heisman trophy running back. Um, on the other end, Texas AM just hung around and hung around and hung around. Um, after miscue, after miscue, and a missed field goal by Alabama. Uh, Haynes King is not the answer, but Evan Stewart might be. Uh, the five-star freshman receiver, uh, he was cooking. Um, this team's going to be pretty good down the road. Maybe Jimbo might not be there to – actually, no, I can't say that. Jimbo will be there um, because Jimbo has a nice buyout, and quite honestly, I don't think – any, he's not going anywhere anytime soon, despite the losses and um, having an on-par season because Jimbo's on par to be – he's on average 8-4 at Texas A&M. So um, I don't think he's going anywhere, but Texas A&M, you got you to gotta do something on offense. Something's got to give. I didn't realize – I, this, this game was a lot closer than I imagined. I, I thought this game would be over before halftime and I could go to another game. But so hats off to Texas A&M to, for being ready for this game, mm-hmm. despite looking like garbage for the majority of the season. Bryce Young, I mean, you could tell why you can see why he was Heisman and how much he means to Alabama. Uh, The kid had three turnovers in the first half. And I think they said he was just the second, the second uh, player under Nick Saban to have three turnovers in a game. <laughs> and, and but he now he bounced back and I think he finished with uh three touchdowns as well. Mm-hmm. Uh but that tells you that shows you what experience and they were home too. If this would have been a road game. It, it got was, real dicey at the end too. It, it got real dicey at the end. And that defense really stepped up at the end. I mm-hmm. mean, they may have not have gotten, gotten the sacks, but they were putting so much pressure that <clears throat> that 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 really helped them get out of here. I mean, and I think uh Texas A&M had a couple penalties that 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 kind of hurt their momentum. So what what I saw from this game is that Texas A&M 
still has some ways to go, uh, but Jimbo has them on the right track as well. And that Alabama is good without Bryce Young, but they're a championship caliber team with him. And they're going to need him back if they're going to make a run. So Tennessee looms third week in October, third mm-hmm. Saturday in October. That's what it's called. I can't promise you, and I know this is a rivalry game. Initially saying, initially looking at things, I can't promise you I'm taking Bama in that one. We'll see. We'll talk about it on Wednesday. But, um, yeah, this one's going to – it's going to get real interesting down the stretch for for the SEC in general. So, um, we had an upset. We had an upset. Kansas TCU was a tough one. Um, we were both actually talking talking um, during this game, uh, just kind of flipping around, and it just seemed like TCU kept matching them and matching them and matching them. And then uh, Jalen Daniels went out, and that was the end for for uh, Kansas. Seems like the offense got stagnant. Although, um, young fella, he just he made a throw. We both said, oh, my God. How, how, how? I mean, we sprint out left. Everybody, everybody bid on it. And receivers open in the back of the end zone. Toe tapped it like a pro. Toe drag swag like a pro. Sticking them both down. Uh, wasn't enough. Uh, TCU won 38-31. Uh, but it's been a run for Kansas. And the season's not over. It doesn't mean it's over. It just means that's just one more hurdle they have to go over. Um, I don't. I think the voters won't penalize Kansas too much, although we know how we how they feel about non traditionally good schools. They they could potentially get dropped out off of um, a game winning drive at the end. Uh, I when when there's games like that, I just tend to say, look, that was a tight game. Maybe bump them down a couple spots, but don't drop them out of the top twenty five. But I could see Kansas being dropped out of the top 25, unfortunately. Um, but that's a good football team over there. Uh, Max Duggan looked really good. Uh, he, I mean, like I said, he's a 20, like 24-year-old. He's a man amongst children. But he still has to do it, and he looked really explosive. Uh, he doesn't like to slide. He like he likes contact. He likes he's he's like your guy RG three. Um, you know he likes contact. Hopefully he can survive the remainder of the season. But definitely a very good game, very entertaining game. I can't promise you. I could. I think if both teams, they played 10 times, I think there would be an even split. We might see these two teams play again. Good win by TCU on the road. I mean, everyone has been hyping up this game. Uh, they even had um, – the, the college game day crew there mm-hmm. for the first time uh, for football. And the people at Kansas seemed like they were ready to accept football as um, a second sport. Because as we all know that basketball, Kansas is a basketball school. Uh, but TCU came up in there and that's why I said it was a solid win. Um, Duggan, 308 yards passing, three touchdowns. Um, 
Quentin Johnson, wide receiver, 14 catches, 206 yards receiving, uh, including the game-winning score with a minute and 36 seconds left. Um, Kansas, on the other hand, once um, Jalen went down, Bean came in and he was – you could tell that he had playing experience before. And I think he started a few games last year. And you could see and you could see that he had that experience. I think he made one horrible pass. Was it that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the the the, the little yeah. spot route uh yeah. tight end sat down and, and it was like yeah. right in front of his face and he just overthrew him. It was like the, the, the defender was like so surprised, like you're throwing it to me? I'm not on the, I'm not on your team, but I'll take <laughs> thank it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, but that just, even with that bad pass, I mean, they were right there to the end. Tied the game at 31, and until uh, TCU said, okay, let, let's get into top 25 this week and, and, and do what we do. So solid win by them. Kansas has nothing to be um, ashamed of. Uh, they need but they do need uh, Jalen Daniels back. Definitely, definitely. Speaking of, let's stay in the Big Twelve. So, because right. we're, I'm, I'm gonna roll through this one because it was a yawner. Uh, OU in in Texas, mm. the Red mm. River Shootout. Um, Texas won forty nine nothing. It was mm. ugly. Oklahoma mm. didn't have their quarterback. They had a tight end at quarterback. They decided to put a not, and they were moving the ball down the field. They used every gimmick in the book, fake field goals. Still decided to go for it on the goal line, got stuffed. That was the last time they saw the other side of the field and hook them. And Sark decided to put it on them, put an extra couple, what, 20 points on them. I won't spend much time on this one, but um, Texas, you know how, you know how they, in the old school, your old school grandparents would say, I'm going to get you for the old and the new. Texas mm-hmm. got them, got Oklahoma for the old and the new. And um, yeah, it, it, it was, it was a, it was a, just a good old-fashioned butt-whooping. Oklahoma had won 10 of the last 13 meetings between these two schools, including last year when Texas got up 28-7 to and Oklahoma swung back with the victory. Uh, when, when Texas broke out yesterday, however, no one thought that, well, maybe they could come back. <laughs> uh, not this time. And, and 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 nothing against Brent Venables, but there are people who actually thought that this was a better guy than um, Lincoln Riley. But I don't I don't know. You know, going they say everything is bigger in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess I guess the the butt whoopings are bigger in Texas too, huh? Yeah, they are definitely bigger in Texas. That was that was just not um, being an old. OU fan, not cool. Uh, Texas got their quarterback back, Quinn Evers. Uh, 21 of 31, 289 yards, four touchdowns passing. Bijan Robinson, 130 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Like you said, complete domination. Now, so we have, and, I'll, and you'll like this one. Um, the Vols roll with the tide looming. Uh, see what I did there. So um, 
my dark horse team, the Tennessee Volunteers. This team is um, looking real good with their Heisman candidate quarterback, Kendon Hooker. Um, LSU didn't have a chance at all in this game. Um, it just that LSU, that four and one under their name was definitely just a fraud. Um, Tennessee looks really good. I've been saying it since last year. They can score points if the defense ever comes around. Look out. Josh Heupel in this no huddle offense looks really good. It fits Hendon Hooker really well. The receivers are getting healthy. The running backs are getting healthy. They went on the road. They went to Baton Rouge. Granted, it was a day game. If it would have been a night game, it'd been a little different, possibly. But you know, when you throw for 85 yards in a game, you can't win anything. I don't care if you're in the whack, the swack, the whatever, you're not winning a game throwing for 85 yards. Um, thanks for the quote, Brian Kelly. I appreciate it. That was a great quote. Um, anytime your team loses, makes my heart sing. And I don't care if you're with a if you're a, a leprechaun or a, or a baby tiger. Go balls. <laughs> you are just not nice, man. I, 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 I think you're just bitter, and you're projecting your bitterness from from Miami's play. No, me. I mean, that's just it's just not nice, man. I mean, it's just not right. I mean, LSU had done a good job since blowing the um. <clears throat> The, the extra point mm-hmm. against FSU, and they had um, played well. But this Tennessee team, it, it's just something about this team that, that's – and maybe it's Hendon. Maybe it's just everything coming together. Maybe it's second-year coach Josh Heupel really has a grasp on what's going on here. But this Tennessee team is something it, – it, it doesn't seem like a fluke. Now, they have some tough – some tough games coming up, and we're going to see what's really up. But you cannot be mad at uh, or disappointed if you're a Vol fan seeing where you are now. There used to be a time I said um, Tennessee would be cursed for at least a decade or longer at when they fired Phil Fulmer back in 2006 when they went to a SEC title game against um against I think it was Georgia or actually, or Alabama can't remember that's been a long time but um they fired Phil Fulmer back then and yeah ever since they've been kind of you'd see flashes of oh this is what Tennessee used to be but now you really see uh, transfer portal guys coming in, things like that. You gotta. They have a. They have a, a really good team in place. They have two real tests left: Alabama coming up, and then Georgia on November fifth at Georgia. That's gonna be a tough one. Um, yeah, sprinkling a little Kentucky, South Carolina, uh, the always some pesky Missouri, and Vanderbilt at the end. You know that's. I think this team can navigate. If they can get through, if they can go split, if, I don't think they'll win both. But if they can split Alabama, Georgia, they they may be the right there for the playoff discussion. We'll see. We'll see. Um, first, what they better do, <clears throat> what they better do is beat Georgia. Yes, and, and, and then get into the SEC title game. And no matter what happens with the Alabama game when they play them next week, 
beat them there if if, if we're going to talk playoffs. We're not ready to talk playoffs with this team. Yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. But, uh, but they're getting there. They're getting one, there. One team I'm ready to talk playoffs about and, and the way he the way they played this weekend. I tried to tell you Sparty was going to take this butt whooping. You, Sparty, you said to me, Sparty, there's no way Sparty takes a butt whooping like this. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. Listen to the tape. Listen to the tape. Listen to the tape. Don't don't put words in my mouth, Fred Purdue. Mister, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think you picked. Um, I picked uh, North no. Carolina. I did. I did. You did. You you did pick North Carolina, but you also picked Kansas too, didn't you? Yeah. And you I also did. picked, and you also picked who else? FSU, maybe. Mm. Oh 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 oh! Mm. But we're mm. not talking about picks. And I did pick. Um, against Michigan State because we knew that this is not this is not my Michigan State. <laughs> this isn't even father. last year. This isn't yeah. last year's <laughs> Michigan State. Yeah, forget about my father's Michigan State teams. This is not my Michigan State. No, no, no. This is a, a tough year for the for Sparty, and we all knew that. But continue on with your lies, just like you sound sound just like politicians. Are you and uh, Rubio in the same? All right. Now, now you know, I'm I'm all about my alternative fact. Uh, Never mind. I'm not going. We we don't want to do that. Let's (laughs) not do that. Let's not do that. So Ohio State, um, CJ Stroud was my Heisman winner. Uh, He's my player of the year. I think he's going to be the number one pick going into the NFL draft in 2023. Um, he is just everything you want in a quarterback. 6'3", 220, big arm, athletic. I mean, he had six touchdowns. Let's just put it that way. Uh, 21 of 26 for 361, six touchdowns. Uh, a familiar name that you may remember from your, your days in the NFL, covering the NFL, Marvin Harrison, but let's tack on a junior to it. Um, yeah, he looks he he looks really good. Jackson Smith and Jigba is still out with the, the hamstring. No worries. Seven catches, 131 yards, and, and three touchdowns. Yeah, Travion Henderson, my freshman of the year from last year, uh had 19 carries for 118 yards and a touchdown. This team looks like they are in midseason form and they are putting up points in droves. Uh I Again, they're going to run through the they're going to run through the Big Ten. I don't see Ryan Day letting this team take their foot off the gas. Iowa is next week. We know how Iowa is a sound football team. I think they boat race Iowa. Um, Penn State at Penn State. That's usually going to be a whiteout for Penn State. That's always an interesting game. But then Northwestern, Indiana, and and your Terps. Those guys are going to be eating, and then we'll figure out Michigan later down the road. But um, they get through through these next two. I just don't see who's going to who's stopping them. I mean, this offense keeps moving, and it, and you know their best receiver, he's not even playing, and I don't think he will play unless it actually unless it is just absolutely necessary. They're not going to play Jackson Smith and Jigba. So you're rolling with um, Abuka. Um, Harrison Jr. and and Julian Fleming, which is a pretty good group, seeing as um, Fleming was the number one receiver coming out of high school. 
Um, Buka was also, and Harrison Jr. was one of the top receivers coming out of high school. So you have you're not only developing guys, but you're also they're also um, they're getting top talent. So uh, I hate saying it, but the you know how I feel about those Buckeyes, I'll never forgive them from 2002. But it is what it is. Uh, Buckeyes roll yet again. Fred, we're going to get you some help. Hey, Twitter, if you're listening, um, my my esteemed colleague here has, you know, we, we, we like to keep things within the family, but you have to sometimes, it is not, it is not soft, being soft or not being, um, to ask for help. And Fred is, he, he needs help. He, he still <laughs> talks about 2002. 20 years ago. I know, I know. He's salty still. still. He's still, still salty. salty about all the whoopings FSU has done t- to him. Won't even say FSU. We say the school up north. I, I, we, if anyone can help him, please. Y'all know where to find him. <clears throat> but no, uh, back to Ohio State. Um, that game, uh, it, there's not really much to say about that this i i do i i do want to say is and this and you're right you did say this is uh cj's year to win the heisman but will he have the nil deals that uh that bryce has and will he get back at bryce for the for the commercial Mm, <laughs> for, for the fansville commercial where you guys stay with me folks stay with me y'all know the commercial where bryce is sitting home and this kid named CJ walks in. Hey, mom, I'm home. And then they were like, "Oh, CJ." And and then doing that whole skit, uh, Bryce says, "They're my family now." <laughs> Is can you see it? Can you see it? It's my trophy now, Heisman Trophy. Was this a subliminal shot against CJ Stroud? Mm. Shots fired. Will Shots CJ fired. get him? So is this CJ's revenge tour? Hmm. Maybe, maybe. Things we have to think about. Things I want you to think about. Think outside the box, folks. I mean, I'm telling you, this is, don't think everything is black and white. There's always a little gray somewhere in there, folks. Always a little gray. I'm thinking that, I'm thinking that that commercial, the Fanville commercial, I think it was a direct shot at C.J. Stroud, and this is C.J. Stroud's revenge tour right here. I'm done. We shall, we shall see. <laughs> we shall definitely see. Uh, is there any action that maybe we missed? Anything that kind of caught your eye from the week? I didn't know if I was going to bring this up, but I mean, hell, the the all the big news agents agencies. I mean, they're they're all putting it out there, so. I mean, I would be remiss being a, a HBCU fan like I am if I didn't mention the um, the little uh, brush up between Jackson State's coach Deion Sanders and Eddie Ed Rob Jr. Eddie Robinson Jr. Um, after Jackson State beat, dang it, Alabama <clears throat> State. Thank you, <laughs> Alabama State. Um, and they didn't beat them too bad. But what happened, 
what had happened, you see, what had happened was that that they came out, you know, to meet after the game was over, and uh, uh, Dion put out his hand to shake, and and Ed Rob shook it, but Dion tried to pull him in to give him one of the, you know, the bro hug, mm-hmm. you know, like hug and then hug, and uh, E Rob was like, man, get your hands off me. Who you think you are? You don't be touching me like that. And just kept on walking. And then Dion was like, but what did I do? What did I do? Why are you all acting all like this and all that? And he robbed, just kept on going. And then they kept going. And then they met. And then they, in the press conference, I'm trying to give you all the, 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 the quick version here. In the press conference, E-Rod was like, yeah, you know, how, how am I? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a man. You know, I come up there, I shake people's hands because, I, you know, I respect the game. But, you know, all this hugging and all that junk, you know, I ain't for all that, man. All, all that junk he was talking all week long. And, and, and then and then they want to pass the ball with uh, less than a minute to go and they up two scores. And, 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 and then y'all call him Swack? He ain't Swack. I'm Swack. I'm Swack. You know? You know, so... So so then Dion, you know, they had to talk to coach. You know, Prime, Prime, you know, Prime never misses the opportunity to get on the mic. Of and like Prime said, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready today. I'm ready. Y'all got me now. I'm ready. I'm ready. He said, I'm not swag. I'm not swag. What you mean I'm not swag? All I've done for this conference, I'm not swag. I'm not swag. I'm not swag. That's all he kept saying. He's not swag. <laughs> so so it was a bit miss. I mean, it's I did. I, I'm making. I'm making a r- real light of it. It would, uh, but some people are real. <laughs> they're real testy about this right here. Dion said he was trying to sell the daggone. He's he was like Ali against Frazier. And for you old school cats who don't know the history about that, please look it up. Uh, because it's, it's deeper than just two people who didn't like each other. Um, it goes way deeper than that. But <clears throat> so. Dion was like, look, yeah, I was talking noise because I was trying to sell this thing. I was trying to pump up everybody, and it wasn't in a sellout. And when was the last time this game has been sold out? So so they should be thanking me. They should be thanking me. And that's why he said, you know, and they said, I'm not swag. I'm not swag. Who's more swag than me? Not a big Dion fan as a player since he uh, played for a certain team in Dallas. Uh, but I have no qualms with him uh, talking noise and and getting uh, and even passing the ball late in the game because, as his coach used to say, it's not my job to stop me. That's your job. So why should I stop players who are coming in who may not ever get a chance to play again and and, and shine? Why should I stop them from? enjoying their moment of uh, a, a spotlight. Dion, I'm kind of with you on this. I, I, I don't say that too often. Or Coach Prime, rather. I'm kind of with you on this. I'm kind of with you on this. All right, my rant's over. Yeah, it was a night. It was a very – it lit social media up um, throughout the, the evening. And, I, I mean, I saw – I've seen different things. They walked through the – they were late, and they walked through the – Jackson State, oh, that is, they walk through the oh, yeah. Alabama State's practice, um, um, pregame, pre-game. warm-ups. Yeah, and as yeah. a coach, I can tell you, if you've never been a, on field for things like that, that's considered disrespectful. You walk yeah. around it, not through it. Um, so, yeah, I can see 
being upset like that. Throwing the ball at the end, I'm not mad. You, it's your job to stop my offense. I know it's a gentleman's thing, but it's your job to stop my offense. So I'm not mad about that. But the, if you want to be disrespectful to me, you don't shake my hand when you walk through my my, my pre game warm up. Then yeah, I'd be a little teed off about that. But uh, otherwise, no harm, no foul. Uh, you got. I've made my feelings very clear about Dion and his motivations and intentions. Um, I'll I'll see you at, at whatever school what power five school and you'll never speak about HBCUs again. Uh, that's my little tidbit. Uh, it's, it's more about him than it is in, in his brand than it is about the actual uh, institution. He's at. Uh, I try to leave that. I leave that kind of thing alone. Let it, let it play out the way it, it does. It will. And then I can, I can come back and tell you guys, I told you so down the road five years from now, I can come back and tell you. Okay. Now, since, since, since you, you walked into there, you Uh-oh. walked there. You I walked, walked in the Lions there. then. Here we go. <laughs> you walked there. So, okay, why is it so wrong for a coach to want to better himself or any level? There's nothing any wrong. Level. There's nothing wrong oh, with okay. him. Okay, 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 okay. Stop. Uh, please, just, just ask. Me. I'll, I'll, be, I'll, give you, I'll give you counselor time to rebut. But, okay, so if there's nothing wrong with a coach trying to better himself, then to say – when uh, uh, leave uh, USF and go to Oregon, anyone says anything about, well, should he, shouldn't they do something for USF that they're leaving? When, when guys leave uh, Western Kentucky or Utah to go to the SEC or the Pac-12 or the, the big 26, I don't hear them. I don't hear people saying, well, are you still going to give back to the school that you was at? No, they don't. But when it comes to black coaches <clears throat> or those at black colleges, it seems that there's a different expectation, that there's a time where, where you're not supposed to look for it. But you have to think about this. In this era, this isn't the Eddie Robinson, Jake Gaither era. We talked about this offline mm-hmm. uh, before, Fred, that, you know, back then, once you got a head coaching job at a black college, yeah, if you were good, you could stay there for the rest of your life. And you almost had to because the white schools, the PWIs were not taking you. And then when when they did open up and say, okay, we'll take a we'll take a black coach. Well, hell, you've already spent 25 years at your own institution. They weren't going to take you as a head coach. So why leave your own institution to go to somewhere as an assistant to an assistant where they, they may still not even listen to you? So, so the era is different. My main point is this. When it comes to people trying to better themselves why is more put on or 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 is it why why is more why is more expected from 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 a dion or an eddie george or hugh uh hugh um hugh jackson hugh jackson hugh hugh yeah uh, over at grambling mm-hmm. why why is more expected from them than that would be expected from uh, Brent Venable. 
Or Lincoln Riley? I think there's more expected from them because they're they they sold they're selling a dream of we want we want to build HBCUs. We are wanting we want all of these young black players, these high level four and five star black players to come to these schools where they're underfunded, under resourced, even when it comes to athletics and they want to build this. But the reality is they're they're doing the same things that the prominent PWI schools are doing. And you if you're held, no one wants to say, well, they're accountable for the same things, right? So the reality is Dion, so and this is this is this is pretty much public knowledge at this point. We, we've all seen it. Dion was a candidate for the Arkansas job a few years ago before Sam Pittman got it. He was pretty much a shoe-in for it. And they said, we'd love to have you. But we want to coach with head coaching experience. So he went to Jackson State. So the reality is, did he go to so when when you ask questions, you're saying, did you go to was Jackson State really your first choice? No, granted, there's some other things that go on because Sam Pittman had no head coaching experience either. So I'll let that I'll leave that where it is. I'm not going there because we know how we'll be here all day with that one. But did he is he doing it for the right reasons? And if you're if what you're trying to do is go back to a power five, cool. But don't mask it as I'm trying to bring attention to HBCUs. I love HBCUs. I want five star players coming here. And we want to build powerhouses like they should be at at these power at these um upper tier uh FBS one one A level schools. If you're going to do it, be genuine about it. If you're not going to be genuine about it, just say, just make it plain and simple. I'm here because of this. I want to be, I, I'm moving forward at some point, but don't, don't be, Dion comes off as very disingenuous. I'll leave it. I'll basically say that much. He comes off as very disingenuous and it's very brash. It's in your face. And I grant it, we understand it because it's our culture. It's, it's, he has the night the, the 80s and 90s hip hop black culture so we understand the chains the bravado the coach prime character that he is he turning it on and off we understand that but the rest of America doesn't see that they don't understand that so wrapping that all in one me personally I think it's just disingenuous I know urban Meyer and I'm just using a random coach, even though he is a bit of a liar. But uh, we know Urban Meyer had, doesn't want to better Ohio State or whatever school. He's not bringing attention. He just wants to coach football, and that's it. He's never said, I want to bring Ohio State back because they never really left. They had a couple down years, but that was it. He didn't say that when he came to Florida, to Florida because they weren't really down. They were just okay. So their intentions were known from day one. I I, I see what you're saying, and, and it's easy to see that way. But let me, and we're, we're going to finish this up, um, <clears throat> and I'll let you respond and do whatever. But I just want to ask, um, 
has Dion brought attention to the swag? Yes, he has. His presence has, just simply being him, yes. Has he gotten top recruits to the SWAC? Two, or, yes. Two, yes. Transfer portal guys, yes. But he's got them there, right? Yes. Okay. Um, has the SWAC, have you heard more about the SWAC in the last three years than you being a college football guy that you are, have heard maybe in your lifespan. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, really and truly, the only thing I ever knew about Jackson State was um, Walter Payton went there. That was really the only thing I've ever known about. I never, I've never, before now, I'd never seen a game, never, you know, never had a reason okay, to follow. So, so what, what has, Coach Prime said that's been disingenuous. That's been a lie. Because he's done what he said he wants to have done. He wants to bring more attention to him. He wants to get top players to him. Uh, who's the cornerback that went there? Travis Hunter. And where was he supposed to go? Florida State. And he was a what star recruit? He was the number one five-star recruit player. Thank you. Um your honor, or your Twitter, I rest my case. Yeah, wherever Dion ends up, and he probably will end up somewhere, um, his kids who he tends to put first, he's because he's Dion the coach first. That's at least that's what he says. He's Dion the coach first, Dion the, the parent second, but it always seems like Dion the coach first. I, I know Shador Sanders, I know Travis Hunter, I know no one else. He doesn't talk about anybody else. Um, when I hear him talk, a lot of times I hear it's me, 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 me. It's a promotion of certain players. It's not, I, if I go to, if I just pick any random power five school that's really good, I know who, I know who the quarterback is. I know who the receiver is. I know who the running back is. I don't know just the kid when, or better yet, when, Bob Stoops was at Oklahoma his last year. I knew his son played there. His son started. His son was that good. But I also knew who the quarterback was, the receiver was, his other receivers, his offensive line, and it wasn't because I follow recruiting and everything else around college football. It was simply because they promote their players. They promote their program. And for me, when it becomes about me, and it's more about me, and my brand, and granted, he's using his brand perfectly. He's, the strategies worked. Don't get me wrong. He's used the Coach Prime character to boost this school. And when he leaves, it's not his job to do anything for Jackson State ever again, to be honest. It's not his job anymore. He, his mission was accomplished. But when you're using a certain group of people as a stepping stone, it comes off as very disingenuous. And I may be wrong, and he may prove us all wrong, but every hit, the way he moves, it comes off as very disingenuous. And this is something we may have to revisit down the road mm -hmm. uh, because I think it's an interesting conversation. And, um, 
would love to hear what you think, Twitter, um, or, or college fans in general. Is is Deion Sanders and hell, you might as well put in Hugh Jackson and Eddie George. Are they here doing the right thing, or is is anything wrong with what they're doing? They're being disingenuous, or is it just part of the cycle? Please let us know. Um, you can find us at uh, College Football Overdrive with a CFB Overdrive, mm-hmm. and uh, hit me at Rick Brown ninety one. And you can slander me if you want uh, for at Twitter on Twitter at Fred Purdue CFB. We can always talk about it because I think this is a very interesting topic. It is really um, because. I, I feel, like I said, I feel Hugh Jackson and Eddie George, you don't even hear them speak to the media like this, but they're, Eddie George is as big of a name as anyone who had no coach, head coaching experience at all. Hugh Jackson probably could have stayed in the NFL, but probably it seems like he was blackballed out of the NFL for a while. Hey, you can go to college and do something. Um, but you you rarely hear them. You rarely hear them at all. Um, if anything, so, but we'll, we'll definitely retouch this subject as things go by. I think we'll, um, uh, once some of these power five jobs come open, that'll be a definite topic of discussion when it comes to that, um, player of the week, player of the week to kind of wrap this thing up. Is there, who's the one player offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. It could be a kicker, it could be a long snapper. It could be your favorite water boy. Who's your, um. Player of the week. Uh, I've been going back and forth, back and forth, forth and back, forth and back with this. Uh, I got to give a shout out. And um, my player of the week would be Texas QB, Quinn Evers. Big stage, Red River shootout. Uh, Back. He's back. And he performs like he does. Um, 21 of 31, 289, and four touchdowns in a in an ass whooping the size of the state of Texas. They say things are bigger in Texas. I guess the ass whoopings are too, huh, Oklahoma? Yeah. Uh, my player of the game, <laughs> my player of the week goes to Quinn Evers. Yeah. Um when you, I mean, he came back uh, strong, very strong. Um, it was, it, I wasn't expecting much from him after the injury. Um, just being honest, I thought Quinn Ewers was very overrated after he got to Ohio State and just left after one year. I was like, man, this is very overrated. But for um, a few times when he's healthy, when we've seen him, he's been very, very good. Um, player of the game for me. Um, I went back and forth on this one. Ah, uh, man, this one. CJ Stroud put up six touchdowns. It's hard to put up six touchdowns. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Um, it's for me, it's out of, man, that's tough. Choose one. I have to choose. I actually have to choose one. Oh, man. Um, Stetson Bennett. Also put up 200. He put up 200 yards on the uh, through the year through the year and um, 65 yards on one carry. 
uh, on the ground for a touchdown. Uh, I got to go with Quinn, with uh, with CJ Stroud. It's just hard to throw six touchdowns. I mean, he did what everything he wanted to do uh, throughout that game, and I think he's going to continue doing whatever he wants to do. It's going to be really hard to stop that offense. Uh, right behind him, hitting the hooker, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, um, CJ Stroud for this one. So let's look ahead to before we get out of here, let's look ahead to week seven. Uh, we have Baylor West Virginia on a Thursday night, you know, those Thursday night games. Um, yeah, Thursday nighter. Um, a game that I used to call one of the best rivalries that wasn't Florida State Miami, Virginia Tech Miami. Always a defensive matchup. A lot of great players came out through that through that game. Uh, we got Tennessee Alabama the third Saturday in October. Always a good one, uh, even if Tennessee keeps losing. Penn State Michigan, a, a, always typically a, a close game in the Big Ten. Um, Oklahoma Kansas. Usually I can bank on Oklahoma winning this game. Not today. <laughs> Not so fast. Um, this game's in Norman, but I mm, – mm. yeah, we'll see about Jalen Daniels. It depends on how well he um, – how he comes back. Um, Georgia's – I mean, uh, Vanderbilt said this was their, their conference this year. They are 3-3 three and three right now. Georgia's going to show you whose conference it is. I'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, um, yeah, exactly. It's the dogs' conference. Yeah, exactly. It's a dogs' <laughs> conference. Um, Arkansas and Arkansas BYU has had one of the toughest schedules in the country. They face off against Arkansas. They are they lost last this past week against uh, Notre Dame, twenty-eight twenty. Who did you pick on that game? Oh, okay. I picked okay. BYU in that. Oh, game. oh, okay. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Okay. Whatever. I'm done with you, BYU. I, I said if they lost that game, I'm done with you. Um, oh, and that's who the other person, speaking of Arkansas, I'm glad I said Arkansas. Um, my other, the guy, I couldn't remember the game, but it was um, Will Rogers was would have been my other player of the week. I mean, he put up big numbers against, uh, he might actually be a first round draft pick. Um, Mike Leach and company doing real work, doing real Real work. By the way, he says coffee is just he drinks coffee just to drink it because it's it tastes nasty and bitter. Why are you drinking it, coach? Why are you drinking it? It, it just get, it, he's a strange, he's a strange one. He's a really, really strange one. Um we got Syracuse and NC State. That's gonna be a very interesting one. That'll help decide the ACC Atlantic. Um Syracuse is Five and zero. Oh. This was this was going to be interesting. Sean Tucker at running back. Uh, Dino Babers. I've always, always been a fan of his. We'll definitely see how things shake out with them. Uh, Oklahoma State TCU. That'll be an interesting one. Also in the Big Twelve. That's going to be one of those Big Twelve shootouts where it's going to be like 45-42 uh, at the end of regulation, and somebody throws up a hail mary, and we go to and we somehow get a field goal. They go to overtime, and they go to like three other overtimes. Now watch that game be like. 15, like 15-12, <laughs> all field goals. All, all field goals, baby. Yeah, all exactly. field goals. Exactly. Uh, and, and somehow somebody gets a field goal blocked and we have a Mike Gundy presser. I'm a man. I'm 50. 
I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of it. Yeah, basically. Um, night games. Um, the night we got an LSU Florida game, but that game doesn't really hold the same weight as it has in the past. It's a bunch of names. Um, I'm a big Clemson fan this weekend coming up. Clemson, uh, Florida State. Anybody that plays Florida State, you know I'm rooting for them. Go DJU. I hope you um you slowly and methodically check it down down the field because we know <laughs> we know you you process a little slower than the rest of us. So um, it takes you about three seconds to throw that slant. But hey, be, be the best at what you do. Be the best at what you do. Um, one of my playoff ho- hopefuls is already gone. They lo- Utah lost uh, this past weekend. So oh, did they? they? Who yeah, did they lose to? Uh, Utah. They lost to UCLA. The Fighting oh, Chip Kelly. Oh, yeah. did they? Yeah, hmm. yeah. Who did you pick in that game? I don't remember. I have. Oh, I'm drawing. I goal. remember. Oh. I think you picked BYU. I would love to see your picks. This let's let's look at the scoreboard before Uh-oh. we break out of here. Oh boy! Because see, um, see, see. I think this was not a very good week for you, Mister. I got man here. I picked Texas over Oklahoma. I picked Tennessee over LSU. I picked Kansas over TCU. I got that one wrong. I got Utah. I picked Utah over UCLA. I got that one wrong. Of course, I picked North Carolina to beat my Canes. I pick mm. UTSA to win. I pick Kansas State mm-hmm. to win. I pick NC State to win. And I pick mm-hmm. USC to win. I got two, three games wrong. So I went seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. That is a great week. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is a great week. I mean, that's I, that's, <clears throat> that's we, what we did Rick? Should, what did Rick Brown do this week? Ooh, oh man, throwing shots, throwing. Shots. Well, no, I'm, I'm just I, – I just think if we're going to tell the story, let's tell the whole story here. What did mm. Rick Brown do in picks this week? Let's take a look. Let's take a look before we we um, we jump out of here. Let's see. How did you do? My internet's moving quite slow. I don't know if oh, we'll make it So, there. So let's, <laughs> let's go through here. Texas over Oklahoma. Check. Mm-hmm. One. Tennessee mm-hmm. over LSU, check two. TCU over Kansas, check. Oh, you had a three. perfect week. You had a perfect week. Not bad. Oh. Yeah, you had a perfect oh. week. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not, Not bad. bad. Not, Not bad. bad. You're first in the league as well. We, we like Not it. Not bad. A, a, a cool 44 oh. and 15. Not bad. That's Not what bad. you do when, when you want perfection. You come to the pros. Oh boy. Oh, okay. Boy. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I I don't I I have I've learned my lesson about talking about other other people's picks and teams. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling right now. My my canes are hurting uh, on the NFL side. My Patriots are hurting. All I got all I got to cling to right now. Hopefully the Miami Heat don't do too bad. But that we'll save that for the basketball show one day. Who knows. <laughs> Who knows? My Red Sox are not in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, finished last in the division. So, yeah, I'm I'm hurting pretty bad right now. Um, my Red Devils won, so I guess if that counts for something. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. One and one and two and like four, but yeah. Um, but guys, make sure we uh, make sure you follow the show on Twitter at 
Uh, CFB Overdrive, make sure you follow Rick on Twitter at RickBrown91. Please go tell this man what a, what a Tar Heel is so we can we can finally move past this thing. Um, tell the man what a Tar Heel is. I mean, it, it clearly it, it clearly survives a hurricane. Man. Was that too soon? No, mm, I think it was right on no. time. No, okay, okay. It, it survived a hurricane. I mean, rain, a rain, a tropical depression. I mean, a little thunderstorm. Um, yeah, sorry, yeah. Kings fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, one of y'all. That's one of y'all. Don't don't yeah, come at see, me. That's one of but y'all. See, but see, it's like it's like you're and, and you can you can you have kids, so you understand this one. I can talk about them, but nobody. You better not. You better not. So you know you can't talk about them, but I can. So yeah. Well, no. See, and I have a little different philosophy. Uh-oh. If you're gonna talk about it, at least at least tell the truth. I, mm. I can't, that, that's all I'm saying. So. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> all right. Well, make sure you follow the show on all social platforms. Uh, we will be back with you on Wednesday to break it all down, going into Week Seven. Seems like it's going by super fast. Uh, we got a lot of big games to talk about. So until next time on the College Football Overdrive podcast, I am Fred. That is Rick. We are out. Stay safe and peace. Peace.